and welcome back to The Kate Show. This is episode 248, and I am talking about something that is making me sweaty, okay? I love and hate doing it, and when I, at the beginning of 2024, shared how I finally stopped worrying about my business and at the same time boldly shared my faith, the response was, and still is, so encouraging. I was nervous to share that because it was so personal, but I've received a lot of positive DMs and emails about that episode, so I have decided to continue. Now, my tentative plan is to dedicate one episode a month toward a more personal topic, with today's episode being no exception. This episode of The Kate Show is not like the others. I'm going to talk about getting canceled, being a woman, being glad that I'm not quote-unquote enough, and revealing some of the grossest marketing tactics currently being used in Western culture. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Remember, you can stream The Kate Show wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to share it with a friend. And I would also like to share with you the review of the week from Onyx Axton. She is a listener on Apple Podcasts, and here's what she said. Kate's podcast has helped me beyond measure. I eagerly await each new podcast. I feel like I've got the design side of my company down, but knew I was struggling on the business side. I've learned and implemented many of her concepts, processes, and practical, actionable steps, which has had a significant impact on our business and really boosted my self-confidence as a business owner in person. I'm so very grateful to you, Kate. Thank you so much for that kind review. And guys, thank you again for making The Kate Show rank in the top one and a half percent of all podcasts in the world. It's like, I, I can't even believe it. And yeah, there are over three million other podcasts that you could be listening to right now. And I'm honored that you've chosen this one. Now, before I get into the hot and sweaty topics that I'm talking about today, I would also like to thank today's sponsors. So this episode is brought to you by the Foundation website, which is one of my products. If you need a better website now and you don't want to do it yourself, you need the Foundation website. You need a website that can grow with your home industry business and one that is easy to update, attracts your ideal client, and gets you found online. You need a website with good SEO. So if you want a professional to set up your website, handle your basic SEO, optimize your images, and help you with copywriting, and you want to maintain full control over that website moving forward, then this is the website for you. Now, you might be wondering, what's the main difference between a custom website, which we also offer, and this semi-custom foundation website? What on earth is different here? Well, simply put, if you have a specific vision for your website and strong opinions about what you do and don't want, and you you want us to handle 100% of SEO, 100% of copywriting, then you definitely need a custom website. But if your main priority is to have a stylish, functional site that's ready to use quickly, can be easily updated as your business grows, and you're not married to any specific vision, our semi-custom website design service is going to be a great fit for you. You can head to katethesocialite.com and look under services today to check out our semi-custom website design. This episode is also brought to you by Side Door. As an interior designer, you're probably looking for more ways to increase your income without increasing overhead and without having to spend more time on your business. You 
probably feel like you are being funneled toward, well, I just need to hire another person. I need to offer more services. It's all very exhausting. Well, Side Door does give you a different avenue to consider. You can sell trade-only products, so decor, accessories, furnishings. You can earn an average commission of 30% on each sale, and you don't have to worry about the headache of inventory, orders, shipping, returns, or customer support. You can actually curate a room package, so maybe it's the New England living room. You would curate everything for that, but you'd have to stay true, of course, to a certain design aesthetic, so maybe it's the mid-century modern New England living room or you know whatever it is. You can sell that package over and over, or you can offer a custom service that lets you handcraft a package for each client. And either way, Side Door is a smarter way to scale your design firm. So if you are interested in this business opportunity, you should apply to join them. Go to onsidedoor.com to get started today. This episode is also brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a way to streamline your client process, really amaze your client with how professional and organized you are, look no further than HoneyBook. You can use it for client bookings, questionnaires, contracts, invoices, capturing digital signatures, everything, the whole shebang. It's amazing. I use it and I highly recommend that you try it as well. You can go to honeybook.com, use the code socialite to get 50% off your first year. All right, guys, we're going to get into the big thing now. The eight lies I used to believe that nearly ruined my life. Without further ado, we're just going to jump right into this. I've got eight lies to go over, and some of them are going to make you feel uncomfortable. They're going to make me feel uncomfortable, and that probably means we should talk about it. So lie number one is the idea that I am enough. I used to believe this, or rather, I used to try so hard to believe this. I didn't feel like I was enough at all, honestly. I didn't feel valuable. I didn't feel capable or confident. And while that phase of my life was nearly a decade ago... I still remember the frustration I felt when I didn't feel like I was enough, but I was constantly being told that I was somehow supposed to be enough. And the answers were just somewhere inside me if I would keep digging. What a huge disconnect that lie created. The truth is I'm no different than any other human. Every human is born with a God-shaped piece missing from their lives. To be honest, the only way we can be enough to be complete is if that piece is no longer missing. And while I grew up knowing God, I didn't know him very well, to be honest. I believed he was a rather cold-hearted disciplinarian, maybe even a dictator, even though that concept is completely unbiblical. I know that now, but I didn't know that then. I thought God would take away good things or let bad things happen to me just to teach me something. And I really thought that I just needed to be stronger. I needed to fix myself. This was all up to me. And if that is not a lie from the pit of hell, I don't know what is. In Psalm 121, the Bible says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I was never meant to be enough. That's way too much pressure for one human to bear. That's why so many of us run from therapy to self-help and back again. We're searching within ourselves for something we're never going to find. I'm not enough you aren't enough. God is. And God says we're worthy of love because he made us. End of story. This lie about being enough often goes hand in hand with another common lie that you've probably heard. And that is, you need to go find yourself. But guys, you're not lost. You're just looking for the missing piece that makes you whole. And that piece, that piece spelled P-E-A-C-E, that 
peace of your soul will only be found in God. To quote Elizabeth Elliot, the secret is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. My number two. And this really goes hand in hand with the whole, oh, you go, girl, you rock, you're so great, you're enough. You know, that's actually really disempowering. But so is this lie. This lie is, I'm at a disadvantage because of my gender. There's nothing more discouraging than being told all the cards are stacked against me because I was born a girl. But that's exactly the lie that was fed to me. Now, to be completely self-aware, I ate what was fed to me. We all have a choice. We can choose to believe or not believe what we're told. I chose to believe it for a time. I reached the point where I was disgusted with my womanhood and I hated men. Yes, I was a former feminist, like legitimately, because I was like, if God loved me, why would he make me this way, a girl? Why would he let me be hurt so much? And that was such a powerful lie in my life. And it's the same lie that's being fed to children today, that somehow they're oppressed because of who they are, that they need to change who or what they are in order to accept themselves and to be accepted or seen as special and brave by other people. Western culture encourages the devaluation of a person because they've seen the financial gain that comes with convincing people they have a problem and that there's only one way to fix it. And then, of course, they sell that solution or they convince people their problem is actually a good thing to be celebrated, even though it's hurting them. And then they sell the necessary coping mechanisms to help people live with that problem. Because fixing the actual problem or encouraging personal responsibility, again, you choosing what to believe, is not nearly as profitable. It's a twisted and sadly effective marketing strategy. We're seeing human life at all ages and stages become completely devalued from the unborn to the disabled to the confused teenagers. But we turn a blind eye. We call a travesty a right and we support it out of fear of being canceled, telling ourselves it's none of our business or it's not hurting anyone when the data clearly says otherwise. We have a right to free speech, at least here in America, and with that right, comes a responsibility to speak. And that's why I'm sharing this lie, because I'm done with it. I am so done with people telling me I'm oppressed. I am not oppressed. I can choose to believe that and therefore oppress myself, but no one can put that on me. I can rise up out of nothing if that is what God wants me to do, and that is what I did. I rose up out of nothing. I had no resources. I had no mentors. I had no money. And I came from an abusive home and I was plagued with PTSD and some pretty bad other mental health issues. And yet here I am today. Okay. So you cannot tell me I am oppressed. I am not oppressed. And neither are you if you choose not to be. Lie number three, keep your beliefs out of your brand or be canceled. Hmm. Well, I'm Kate and I can't be canceled. People have tried, just so you know bad reviews, nasty comments on social media, ending business relationships. But none of that has impacted me or my brand because threats lose their power when fear is absent. Only you can decide whether you are cancelable. Again, it goes back to personal responsibility. You might be scared to share what you believe because the fear of offending people is simply too heavy on your shoulders. So I get that. But here's what you need to know about people who are easily offended. They're also easily manipulated. And that's likely why they believe what they believe. Here in America, we have freedom of speech. That means I support your right to audibly, verbally, publicly disagree with me. But I don't have to resort to personal attacks, and nor do you, because that's the first sign of a lost debate. And why does it have to be a debate? 
Conversations with people who think differently is becoming a lost art. I rarely see it anywhere but on the Joe Rogan podcast, to be honest. And also, I disagree with Joe Rogan on a lot of things, namely the existence of aliens and the origin of the universe, (laughs) just to name a couple. But I sure as heck won't get angry over it. I'm happy that he said no to fear and no to being canceled because it inspired a lot of us other podcasters to be like, you know what? I can say what I want to say respectfully and kindly and not have to worry that the mob is going to come after me. There's a reason why Joe Rogan's audience is something like 10 times bigger than that of CNN. Don't quote me, but it's like it's massively bigger because people are tired of the bias and the anger mongering and the fear mongering. And also people are tired of being canceled for having their own opinions. But what if you say something that makes someone else really angry that you post it on social media like I do or you talk about it on your podcast? Or what if you're really angry at me? Well, you know what? Our culture wants us to be angry with each other because highly emotional people can be easily influenced. Think about that next time you read or hear something you don't like. We've got to be smarter than these pathetic marketing tactics that Western culture relies on. All right, we'll get off of that podium and step on a different one. Line number four, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. I have talked about this before, but it's worth talking about again because I hear it all the time and it makes me so sad. If all God did was give us exactly what we could handle on our own, we would miss out on every hard-won success, every miracle, every life lesson. We would live incredibly boring, safe lives. Instead, here's the truth. God gives us more than we can handle because the intention is for us to hand it over to him so he can make something great out of it. Philippians chapter 4 in the Bible says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I've experienced this personally so many times. I have felt peace when I'm in the midst of chaos, and it's completely transcending my understanding. I'm like, why am I feeling peace right now? I feel like I should be very upset, but I'm not because I have put my faith on the foundation that never changes, and that is Jesus Christ. Okay, lie number five. This is one that even in Christian circles, people get very fired up about. So uh, don't come at me, bro. Just listen, okay? Lie number five is, I'm owed an apology by people who have wronged me. It's a hot, sticky topic. And when we've been legitimately, truly wronged, it only makes sense that we should expect an apology, right? Well, the problem I discovered with this is that it puts our healing in the hands of the person who hurt us because it means we can't move on until they let us. This victim mindset is so unproductive. So here is what I learned after not forgiving people and then finally choosing to forgive. Someone who did me wrong does not need to apologize, but I still need to forgive them. I need to forgive them for my own sake because the bitter, toxic root of unforgiveness and hatred will otherwise poison my entire life. And it was starting to do that. A big reason why I used to be so hesitant to forgive is because I thought forgiving them meant whatever they did to me was okay, that I was excusing it away or even condoning it. But that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness means letting go of resentment and moving on. It doesn't mean what happened was okay. In fact, whatever happened might have been truly, deeply awful. But forgiveness lets us move forward without the burden of bitterness, hatred, or a mind that's constantly stuck in the past. Because in order to hold unforgiveness towards someone, 
or to hate them, really, that's what it is. You have to constantly be thinking about them. And why on earth would you put mental real estate toward that? I don't know why I did. What a waste of energy. And then for those things that like are not tragic situations, but someone really ticked you off or they offended you, again, just consider this. Refuse to be offended. How you treat those who mistreat you reveals your emotional and spiritual maturity. And that quote is from someone completely unknown. I don't know where it came from, but I was like, that's a good one. I'm putting it in the show notes. All right. Lie number six. I should remove from my life anything that no longer serves me. Sounds good at face value, right? Nearly every self-help guru is going to tell you to remove what no longer serves you, implying that servitude to you is the ultimate determination of value. However, I'd like to suggest that the most important, helpful, and pivotal, pivotal, wow, lessons in your life will come from things or people or relationships that feel unpleasant, things that feel as though they aren't serving you. But hey, they're serving you. You just don't like what's being served. I'm pretty sure this is why the term tough love exists, because sometimes you just have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, life's hard, kid, wear a helmet. To sift through our lives with the intention of removing things that don't serve us is the fastest way to a weak, intolerant mind and an uninformed, inexperienced life. So that is why I reject the idea that I should remove from my life anything that no longer serves me because my life is not about me being served. It is about me serving God first and then serving others. Otherwise, there's literally no point to my life. Lie number seven, listen to your heart and trust your gut. Humans are ruled by emotions. I'm pretty sure we've kind of covered that already in this episode. The fact that this is the foundation of successful marketing should tell you something. In marketing, it's not necessarily bad. It can be good. In ethical marketing, we try to elicit positive emotions and associate them with whatever service or product is being sold. Nearly every decision we make as humans, including buying or financial decisions, is at least partially rooted or influenced by emotion. It's no wonder we think we should follow our heart. It comes so naturally. But the problem is our hearts are fickle. They are ever-changing and so easily manipulated, whether intentionally or unintentionally by outside forces. What we feel was a good choice today might be a terrible choice tomorrow. This is why the idea of following our hearts, which also goes along with defining our own truth, is pure comedy. It's ridiculous. It doesn't even hold up against itself. Our feelings often don't reflect reality, but if we make decisions based on those feelings rather than on what is true, we're going to sit there and wonder why our lives are in shambles or why we feel so lost. To quote the eloquent John Piper from his book, Finally Alive, he says, My feelings don't define the truth. My feelings are echoes and responses to what my mind perceives. And sometimes, many times, my feelings are out of sync with the truth. And when that happens, and it happens every day in some measure, I try not to bend the truth to justify my imperfect feelings, but rather I plead with God, purify my perceptions of your truth and transform my feelings so they are in sync with the truth. It's like a big moment of wake up and smell the coffee, right? Okay, line number eight is a little bit more on the business side of things, and it's a big one. Build it and they will come. Build it and they will come is an adage that likely only applies to ice cream shops. I mean, seriously, like if I see an ice cream shop, I'm going there. You don't need to convince me. Belief in this statement, though, in building it and they will come is often rooted in inexperience and perhaps even in a little bit of entitlement. 
when I first started my business 10 years ago, I thought it would be easier, faster, and more profitable than it actually was for the first few years. I was disappointed and I was ticked off by how much I had to struggle. It's kind of like the college grad who expects to make a six-figure income right away just because they have a degree. It's a nice idea, but it's not based in reality. When you build a business, you know the business itself is only part of the work. Then you have to help people find it, get them to understand why they need you, and make your offerings the irresistible solutions to their problems in a positive, ethical marketing way. So perhaps we should rewrite that cliched phrase into build it and then keep building it. If you need help building your business, look no further than the social aid agency because that's what we're here for. Whether you need ongoing marketing or a website, we've got you covered. But the whole point of this episode of lies is we've just got a lot of debunking to do. And I would like to start doing more of this, you know, maybe once a month on the podcast, going through different things. Some of it might be polarizing, might be a hot topic, might be current events, although I try to stay away from the news, to be honest, because it's hard to know what to believe or not believe. But these are things that affect us as business owners. I mean, can you imagine going through your life thinking that you are supposed to be enough, but you're not enough, and you're constantly looking and never finding what you need? Can you imagine going through life constantly being told and believing that you are at a disadvantage? I mean, you become your own worst enemy right then and there. Can you imagine being told that you need to keep your beliefs out of your own business? Like, what? Can you imagine being told that the hard, painful, difficult situations you have in your life, you have because God knew you could quote unquote, handle it on your own? Ridiculous. Can you imagine going through life holding hatred in your heart while it eats up your creativity while you withhold forgiveness? Can you imagine running your life in such a way that you think every person or situation should serve you or you should nix it. Talk about becoming your own God, right? Like it's so sad. But there are a lot of people who believe this and not necessarily because they're bad, but because they've just believed the wrong thing. And that's why I'm saying what I have to say, because I at one point believed all these lies and none of it helped me. It hurt me. It slowed down my progress. It damaged relationships. It damaged me. It slowed down my healing. So that's why I had to cover it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for being open-minded. Thank you for thinking for yourself. Until next time, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.